Welcome to What Christians Should Know, How You Can Apply Biblical Principles to Everyday Life. Hello everyone, I am your host, Dr. Elijah Sadafal, and welcome to What Christians Should Know Shorts. Today we'll be analyzing the story behind Psalm number 3. The Psalms are unique in that many have a title that precedes the actual text of individual Psalms. Bible scholars are uncertain if these titles were a part of the original composition, but history informs us that these titles have long been a part of the ancient manuscripts. So why are the titles of Psalms important? Because they provide crucial historical context and therefore valuable information that allows us to better comprehend the Psalm. In other words, if we know when, why, or for what a psalm was composed, we can better understand it. If we better understand it, we can more readily apply it in practical ways. In today's short, we'll be taking a look at the title of Psalm 3 and extract three applications. In the NASB, the title of Psalm 3 reads, A Psalm of David When He Fled from Absalom His Son. So why was David fleeing from his son Absalom? Well, we find the story of Absalom in 2 Samuel chapters 13 to 20. The narrative tells us that Absalom was good-looking, ambitious, and highly praised. One day, Absalom's half-brother, Amnon, rapes Absalom's sister, Tamar. Absalom was obviously infuriated, and he takes the matter to his father, David. David fails to take any action, so Absalom takes action and kills his half-brother, Amnon. Instead of getting the death penalty, Absalom is exiled for three years. After his return three years later, Absalom tries to secure an audience with his father, but King David ignores him for two years. This infuriates Absalom even more, and he subsequently develops the idea to stage a coup and overthrow his father. So while David is involved in the day-to-day affairs of building a kingdom, his son was occupied developing a plan to take that kingdom away, as well as the hearts and minds of the people. When the time was right, Absalom initiates a coup and marches on Jerusalem. Having to run for his life, David flees the capital weeping and barefoot with his head covered. It is in this setting that David writes Psalm 3, which describes David's trial, his trust in God, and his ultimate triumph. So what can we learn from the title of Psalm 3? First, we learn that the titles of Psalms really do matter. I will leave it up to the theologians and Bible scholars to debate whether or not the titles are inspired, but what is undeniable is that the titles are relevant and help the Bible student to better discern what the Psalm means. Certainly, one could read Psalm 3 without having any idea of who Absalom was or what happened in Absalom's rebellion, but then you would be interpreting this psalm by drawing water downstream. By having a keen understanding of the story behind the psalm, a Bible student is able to draw water from its source. Second, the story behind Psalm 3 helps to demonstrate the cohesiveness and historicity of the Bible. There is cohesiveness in that the Bible points to other points within itself to reveal the uniformity of its truth. The whole interprets the part, so we always ought to consider what the full canon of Scripture says as a whole in order to make the best sense out of a piece. If we go the other way and allow the part to interpret the whole, then we run the risk of elevating one piece of truth over others. Sadly then, subjective opinion often determines which truth is elevated or not. 
The story behind Psalm 3 also demonstrates the historicity of the Bible. What I mean by that is factual historical events help to persuade historical figures to produce historical documents. Seen this way, Psalm 3 can be read as a brief autobiographical account of a short period in the life of one of Israel's kings. The title also grants validity to the historical event of Absalom's rebellion in that David was writing this psalm as a runaway from that rebellion. The story behind Psalm 3 leads us to our most practical point, and that is, the consequences of sin always catch up to you. If we take an even bigger step back before Absalom and look at 2 Samuel 12, there the prophet Nathan confronts David about his adulterous affair with Bathsheba. Recall that David had Bathsheba's husband, Uriah, killed so that David could have her. Nathan then prophesies and informs King David of God's resultant punishment. So, in 2 Samuel 12, verses 10 to 11, the text says, Now therefore the sword shall never depart from your house, because you have despised me and have taken the wife of Uriah the Hittite to be your wife. Thus says the Lord, Behold, I will raise up evil against you from your own household. Notice what God tells David through Nathan, that because of his sin, David will be at war his entire life and God is the one who will raise up evil from within David's own house. This, of course, points forward to David's son Absalom and his rebellion. David's murder and adultery led to God's punishment of David, which led to Absalom's rebellion, which led to Psalm 3. And just to ensure that we are not glossing over big details, we must remember that yes, in response to Nathan's harsh words, David was repentant about his heinous sin and had a dramatic change of heart. That's where Psalm 51 comes from, the classic psalm about repentance. So, although David saw the error of his ways, the fact is that repentance did not give him immunity from the consequences of his sin. Roughly speaking, the timeline of events in the Bible informs us that David's adultery was more than 10 years before Absalom rebelled. So, David's felt consequences of sin were not immediate. They were very much delayed. They did not come to pass for more than a decade. The sin took some time catching up, but the sin certainly did catch up because the consequences of sin always catch up with you. Notice as well how the adultery began as something between two people, David and Bathsheba, and ended up as something encompassing the entire kingdom of Israel. A small indiscretion in a king's private chambers took 10 years to grow up and become a public nightmare. How this applies to everyday life is readily apparent. If we use David's sexual immorality as an example, we quickly see that some may have lots of sexual fun now, but even for those who ultimately have a change of heart, there are many potential lasting consequences of loose living in the present. HIV and herpes are two examples, and those just represent the biological consequences. There are economic consequences, for example, of wasting time and money on pornography. There are social consequences in the fracturing of marriages, tainted intimacy, and the abandonment of unexpected children. Finally, there are spiritual consequences of being enslaved to sin. The consequences of sin always catch up to you, and the longer that sin is allowed to grow, the bigger the consequences. 
In conclusion, if we put all this together, reading Psalm 3 by itself will give you some insight into a time in David's life when he had an arduous trial, he trusted in God, and he ultimately triumphed. But in order to understand what triggered the events of Psalm 3 to transpire, we have to understand Absalom's rebellion, and to understand why Absalom rebelled, we have to know about David's adultery and the Lord's resultant judgment. This is the illuminating power behind the story of Psalm 3, and although we go into the psalm with concerns about the past, the psalm itself gives us hope that faith triumphs in trial, there is a reason to hope even in the midst of God's judgments against us, and because the Lord is with us, the trial is not as hard as it would have been, and not as harsh as we deserved. Thank you for listening. For more valuable content, including written transcripts, a bookstore, and online Bible study, please visit wcsk.org.